blessings and blessings. Ooh, ooh. Guys, I am so extremely pumped to be talking to you today about imposter syndrome, also known as imposter experience. This is such a big topic. So many people are unconsciously sabotaging their lives and relationships because of this syndrome. And so many of us don't understand how deeply linked it is to internalized toxic shame. So today's episode, we will be uncovering and discovering the six signs that you may be experiencing it, plus some amazing solutions. Make sure you strap in, get ready, and let's go. Blessings and blessings. Welcome to my show. I'm your host, Preston Smiles, and I am a best-selling author, international speaker, coach, leader in the transformational and personal development space, business mentor, manifestation expert, father, husband, and weapon for God's love. And on this podcast, we will discuss money, mindset, motivation, inspiration, spirituality, manifestation, overcoming fear to give you tips and tools so that you may live your best life now. Make sure you connect with me at PrestonSmiles.com or on YouTube or Instagram at Preston Smiles. This is a Soul Fire production. So I'm going to start by uh, sharing a story about me. When I was younger, I was placed in special education and um, the way that it was done, I made up a story that I was stupid, that I was dumb, that I was less than. And because this was the 80s where, you know, the school system in Los Angeles and and my parents, you know, God bless their hearts, doing the best that they could, uh, they didn't tell me that I had tested off the charts in certain areas and tested like a toddler or a baby in other areas. All they took was the lowest uh, common part of, of, of the testing and, and put me in a class with four mentally ill children. And just so we have the distinction and the understanding uh, of shame, shame is by definition an idea or a thought pattern that the person, not the behavior, the person is fundamentally flawed, wrong, bad, nasty, not good. There's a difference, a big difference between shame and guilt, right? Shame conceals, it hides, while guilt reveals. Now, I'm sharing that with you because I, for the overwhelming majority of my life, up until around 28 years old, was carrying deep, heavy bags of internalized toxic shame. I believed that uh, I was an imposter, that I would be found out. And so uh, even in college, I cheated my way through college because I didn't believe that I deserved to be there. Um, And so I studied nonstop and I also cheated in order to make sure that I won at the game. Because, of course, I need to win at this game because I'm not like everybody else. Now, I'm sharing that with you because, I, one, I have multiple stories like that. And two, more than likely, you do as well. So we're going to talk about imposter syndrome, but I want you to know that underneath all of this is internalized toxic shame. And your job, our job, my job, is to help you shine a light on all those areas and feel into them and allow your nervous system to reset and recalibrate so that you have space, you have energetic real estate to actually 
shine and give your gifts to the planet in only the way that you can. Each and every one of us is uh, our unique snowflakes. We have designer genes. We are an on purpose with, with many missions. And uh, my job in this podcast, my job in the world is to help serve um, and be a beacon, a light on a dark night so that each and every one of us remembers who and what we are. And so in a moment, we're going to go into the, the six signs that you may be experiencing imposter syndrome. But before we do that, I, I also want to point out that there is this term, pluralistic ignorance, which essentially means each person doubts themselves privately, uh, but doesn't share with others or doesn't know how hard uh, their, their peers work. Two people who are famous for experiencing imposter syndrome are Maya Angelou, the poet and writer, who uh, for a big portion of her life felt like she didn't measure up and that you know this would be the last book or the last poem and everybody would find out. And another one was uh, Mr. Einstein. Einstein believed that he was just lucky. He was just in the right place at the right time and that he, he didn't deserve all the credit that he was receiving. Now, most of us won't achieve what those two have achieved in, in the lifetime as far as like uh, world success. However, if they were experiencing that, there's a strong chance that you are. So we're going to define imposter syndrome, and then we're going to go into the six signs that you may be experiencing it. So uh, by definition, imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and uh, has persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. I'm going to say that again so it lands. It is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and has persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Now, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I have had that come up to various degrees throughout my life. And as I mentioned, it wasn't until around 27, 28, where I began to notice that that was there. And to go through the process of unearthing and uh, sort of taking out all the things that no longer served me so that I had a healthier relationship with the shame that then produced imposter syndrome. Now, uh, it's important that I caveat this whole conversation by saying that imposter syndrome or imposter experience is often something you will probably experience for a lifetime. Many, many people, especially minorities and women or anybody who was not quote-unquote normal, didn't measure up. You know, if you had a parent uh, who, if you got an A minus, if that parent said, well, why didn't you get an A plus? And you heard that enough. There's probably a part of you that believes that you'll never be good enough. You'll always be striving to get that A plus. You'll always be striving for quote unquote perfection. And one of the biggest uh, tenements and principles that I live by is progress over perfection, right? In my business, in my life, I say tweak, test, polish, right? I jump before I'm ready. Uh, but I, I also understand that a lot of people had different, you know, um, different family structures and different ways in which they've been traumatized and hurt in this lifetime. And, and that 
has created imposter syndrome. So now we're going to go through the six signs that you may be experiencing imposter syndrome. I am so pumped to be talking about imposter syndrome. This is a subject that is near and dear to my heart. Why? Because for a extreme amount of my life, I have been working through this syndrome, also known as imposter experience. Now, I want to start by defining it. Uh, Imposter syndrome is defined as a psychological pattern in which individuals uh, doubt their accomplishments and, uh, and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. I want to share a quick story. And I'm going to share also the the six signs that you may be experiencing imposter syndrome and and what to do about it. And I'm going to share some solutions and we're going to talk and we're going to go deep because that's what this podcast is about. And uh, I'm going to start by sharing a, a little story about myself. You see, early on in life, my parents, uh, based on you know their level of understanding, had a conversation about whether I was special needs or not. Apparently, I was really wild and, and didn't think and, and act like uh, other normal, catch that, normal little boys. And so the school system also agreed and they tested me. And uh, they tested me multiple times. And I remember some of this. One of the tests said that I was a genius and tested at, you know, off the charts in certain areas. And I, I do believe I was like six, seven, eight around then when all of this started. The other tests said that I was basically like a, like a, a toddler, like a baby in other areas. And this is the 1980s going into the 1990s. And uh, at that time, my parents nor the school system decided to look at the areas where I was a genius and, and to point a light at it and, and explain to me that just because I don't have a standardized brain doesn't mean that I'm stupid. No, what they did, in fact, and I don't blame them for this because uh, a lot of magic has come from this. I, I wouldn't be where I am today without some of these traumas and the internalized shame that I, I, I sort of took on based on this. What they did was they, they took me one day. I was in class with my friends and a class with about 30 of us. And I do remember this. Uh, the, the principal and two other people knocked at the door. And they said something to the teacher and then, and then the teacher came back and said, Preston, you're going to come with me. And so in my mind, uh, I was just, you know, going to step outside for a second or I don't know what was happening. And they said, no, grab your stuff. So I grabbed my, my uh, trapper keeper and my Ninja Turtle backpack and my lunch pail. And I walked out and I'll never forget this because the class I was in was on the second floor. I walked out and they said, Preston, you're going to be relocated to a new class. It's going to be really good for you. And they walked me down the stairs and out the doors. And we started walking in the direction of the bungalows. Now, everybody knew that the bungalows were where the, the mentally ill children were. In the 80s, the word retarded was actually a word that we used. And so that's the first thing that came into my mind. They're walking me to the class where the retarded kids are. And in that moment, I instantly made up that that's who I was as well. That I, if I'm, if I'm in that class, I must also be mentally ill. And 
Uh, I kind of blacked out and didn't really hear anything else they said. They walked me in the class. They introduced me to the teacher. And I'm looking around. There's four kids in this class. And they're playing with blocks and drooling on themselves and eating their boogers at seven, eight years old. And I know we all did that to a degree. But um, it was a scene. And I'm sharing that with you because that scene and the, the weeks and months to follow created such deep internalized shame that I made up in my mind that I, Preston, was fundamentally flawed, that I was stupid, that I was less than, that I was dumb, that I wasn't like all the other kids. And that, that internalized shame created so many, many blocks in my life. And I know I'm not alone. That is one of hundreds of stories that, that I have for myself, and I'm sure you guys have for yourself. And I'm sharing that with you because even by the time I got to college, and I, I did end up getting into college, I always felt like they were going to find out. I was going to be exposed. And I share this openly. I cheated my way through college. I studied nonstop. But just to make sure that I, that I passed, I also cheated. And I'm not necessarily proud of that, But looking back as a 40-year-old man, looking at that 18-year-old kid in college, I recognized that I was so traumatized and so taken by imposter syndrome that I I needed to make a way out of no way. I didn't believe that, that I was smart enough to be there. And now, I want to turn this and, and, and offer you and ask you, what's your story? If you're experiencing any level of fear around success, any level of fear around being exposed, you're experiencing imposter syndrome. Uh, It's been said that uh, especially uh, minorities, because often minorities are told and taught that you have to work five times harder to get the same as everybody else. And so when minorities and women Uh, get in these positions, they often think to themselves, I'm not supposed to be here. Now, we have to ask ourselves, how did we even come to these kind of thoughts? And one of the things that I teach and remind people is that we've all been taught to seek approval outside of ourselves. From the very beginning, because children are egocentric, most of us wanted to be good little boys and girls. And so if mommy and daddy were cut off from their sexuality or cut off from their their thump and their, and their, their passion, and you showed passion or you showed sexuality or you showed any aspect that was demonized or repressed in your family, more than likely you got punished for that. Not like blatantly maybe, But there was a look, there was an energy of that's not okay. Now, you keep adding that up, a three-year-old, a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, a nine-year-old, at some point, because that child wants to eat, they want to experience your love, they're going to do whatever it takes to become a good girl and a good boy, therefore repressing anything that's actually true for them in order to acquiesce and turn into what mommy and daddy believe is good, right, and fill in the blank. Now, you extend that and take that kid to, uh, into religion and into school, and we keep teaching children 
self-included, that your worth comes from your grades. Your worth comes from being good and being a good boy and listening in school and sitting in your chair for eight hours without moving equals good boy, equals good girl. Well, that over time, 17 years of that is going to produce an adult that's always looking out there for their validation. If you don't have the right money, according to your society, if you don't have the, the, the right hips or lips or hair, if you don't have the right body, there's probably going to be some part of you that doesn't feel good enough, like you don't measure up. And even if you attract some of those things, you're going to sabotage it unconsciously because it doesn't fit the identity that you have for yourself. This is a really big subject. And I'm really excited and glad that we're, we're leaning into it. So I'm going to go into, into the, the, the six signs that you may be experiencing imposter syndrome. The first one is you don't think that you deserve success. There's some part of you that believes that you don't deserve it. And I've had clients who, who outshined their, their brother or their sister. And, and that followed them for life. No matter how good things got, because they were the pretty one or the tall one or, or really good at sports or whatever the case may be, and it made their brother or sister look bad for a lifetime. These people don't believe that they deserve the success that they're experiencing. So that's number one. Number two is you may be experiencing an imposter syndrome if you are a perfectionist or a procrastinator. Now I'll go into perfectionist first. Perfectionists will work on something nonstop and keep working on it so that they aren't exposed. They will try to get it so right so that so nothing's ever on the line because, because if I get it right as a perfectionist, if I spend all my time focusing and trying to get it right, then you can't judge me like my mom did, like my dad did, like the girls at school did, like the boys at school did. Now, on the flip side of that coin is the procrastinator. The procrastinator pushes things off because it's like, well, if I don't try, then I can never be exposed as a fraud. If I, if I, if I, if I just barely jump in in the last second, then even if you judge me and expose me, well, I didn't even try that hard. So good. That's number two. Number three is you have a fear of being exposed as, as fake, right? I have this come up. Often, where um, because I was in special education, because uh, there was the, the popular kids and I wasn't like necessarily considered a popular kid, there's this part of me that comes up, especially when I get into an argument with my wife or anything of that nature, that believes that I shouldn't be teaching. I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing because I got into an argument. I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing because I'm not popular like them. I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing because X, Y, and Z. Whatever that is, if you have a fear of being exposed as fake, you probably are experiencing some level of imposter syndrome. Number four is you have a fear of failure. Now, there's, there's healthy fear and there's toxic fear. And you only you know the difference. If you have a fear of failure and there's a part of you that's like, yo, I just, I just don't want to mess it up. So you don't try at all, or 
you do, but you never really put it out. You never really put your best foot forward because there's a, there's a fear that, that it may not go right. So you, you do everything else. An example of this, um, when I was younger, uh, because uh, I had another trauma and experience with, with uh, there was two pretty, really pretty girls at our school, Bethann and Felice, and there was the three amigos, uh, Elliot, Brown, and myself. And uh, we all had crushes on those two. And they chose Brown and Elliot and not me. So I made up a story that I was the ugly friend. Uh, along with being the dumb friend, I, I now made up a story that I was the ugly friend. And so even when I was like 14, 15, 16, 17, 20, I would not approach girls. You, I know you guys know this, but there's two types of guys. There's a guy that's like, hey, what's going on? You know, here's my, here's my penis. I'd like to date you, right? And then there's the guy that does a little more of a shy approach, right? I, you would have to wave a flag. It would have to be like a straight checkered flag. Like, come ask me for my number in order for me to actually walk over to a girl and ask her for my number. I had such a fear of failure that I would, it would literally, the person would have to literally just like put themselves in my lap in order for me to be like, oh, okay, that's what this is. Let's go. That makes any sense. That's number four. Number five and this is a big one. I alluded to it earlier. Uh, you compare yourself to others. There's some guys out here in Austin that are doing really amazing work. And uh, when I first got here, I noticed that I was demonizing and keeping myself separate from them because I was comparing what they had and what I had, which obviously is unhealthy. And I want to caveat all of this by saying that imposter syndrome or imposter experience may come up for a lifetime. And we're going to go into solutions in a minute, but what's more important than, you know, trying to get rid of it forever is, is having a healthy relationship with that inner critic that, that has that conversation. And so uh, if you compare yourself to others, whether it be internally accomplishments, whatever it is, your body, your looks, more than likely you're experiencing some level of imposter experience. And number six, and this is the last one, and I know this to be true for a lot of people. I coach people all day, every day, and this comes up quite a bit, is you sabotage important relationships. So uh, I've, I've coached many people who've been in an experience where they, they got the person, right? They, they manifested, they attracted this powerful relationship. And yet there was a part of them that just felt like they didn't deserve it. So they sabotaged that relationship. They cheated, they closed their hearts off, they, they always do something to make sure that they are knocked back down to, to the unconscious identity. Remember, who you say you are, consciously and unconsciously, you will spend the rest of your life trying to prove, which is why it's our job to shine a light on this and, and to make a new declaration about who and what we are. Unique emanations of the Most High. God's emptiness dancing right? This is who we are. Pure beauty, pure magic. So to wrap this up, some of the solutions to beating slash creating a healthy relationship with the inner critic that tries to sabotage you. uh, Number one is talk about it. Just notice, like I'm talking about it openly and transparently. When I talk about it, I shine a light on it. It's no longer this shame-based boogeyman that's in the closet. It's a thing that I noticed within myself that was based on some childhood wounding and traumas. 
That's number one. Number two, solution number two is, and I have my clients do this all the time, is pull back to the 30,000 foot view and really look at what's happening. Change your perspective. Whenever you catch yourself in a conversation about not being worthy enough and, and being exposed as a fraud or, or being a perfectionist or anything of this nature, pull back and, and, and really look at what's going on. Because oftentimes, it gets hardest right before we're about to break through to something magical and amazing. Right before you're about to hit uh, you know, that next goal or meet that person or break through, whatever that is, it often gets hardest right then and there. So pull back and disassociate from the, 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 the critic that's having that conversation and ask some powerful questions. What good is here that I presently cannot see? What would love do now? Yes, the inner critic was just going off telling me that I'm not unworthy and that I, that, that I shouldn't be here and that I don't belong here. Yes, I noticed all of that. And what would love do now? Because this is a new moment. Solution number three is give yourself credit. This is one of the biggest ones. This is, I win at this. I do so good at this. Give yourself credit. Start to look around your life and notice that you're still here. Notice that how many times you've been knocked down, but you keep stepping back in. Notice how many obstacles and breakdowns you have been through in your life, and yet you're still here, still leaning in, still loving, still growing, still still expanding as a person. Nothing and nobody is actually perfect. If the mountain had no rocks or grooves in it, we wouldn't be able to climb it. And every time you get to the top of another mountain, you will see another one. That's what we do in this lifetime. Now, in closing, I want to remind each and every one of you that you have medicine on your heart that only you can give. You are an on-purpose with many purposes. You have designer genes. The universe, God, Buddha, Krishna, Allah, Jesus, whatever you want to call it, it did not make a mistake with you. You are a unique emanation of the Most High, sent here to remind us all of the one truth, which is love. Is all there is, was, and ever will be. That will manifest itself differently through you today, in this now moment, and tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. We've been programmed and conditioned to believe that we aren't good enough. We've been programmed and conditioned to believe that we need a bra, a car, a certain amount of money, muscles, bigger booties. We need to inject our faces, our lips. But the truth is, is that God, source, divine intelligence, has never, ever made a mistake. And so when you see the beauty of a rainbow, I want you to see you. When you see the the, the cuteness and the amazingness of a puppy, I want you to see and think about you. When you see a baby laughing or in their their joy, I want you to remember and think about you because we're all in this thing together. There is no separation as above so below, as within, so without. Blessings and blessings, guys. This has been an amazing episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review so that you don't miss any of the magic and the juiciness that we are going to be bringing forward. And we don't ever listen to anything without taking any action. So I'm asking and requesting and challenging you guys to do hashtag Love's Voice family and share any insights, 
anything that has come up for you around this episode and make sure you tag me in that. So that's at Preston Smiles on Instagram. Uh, It's also at Preston Smiles on Facebook and uh, everything else you can find. Uh, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I'm so excited and pumped to be on this journey with you. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are and make sure you instantly, right now, the moment you get off of this podcast, you just write down any insights, you, you, you flip that video camera on and share what you learned or what came through or what came up for you in this process and do hashtag loves voice family so that we can follow along with your journey. Guys, I'm deeply grateful for your love and your attention. If you are new to the family and you have not subscribed or reviewed or rated this podcast, I ask that you do that right now. From the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate your attention and I truly appreciate you being a part of the Love's Voice family. Let's go. Rah!